You're listening to Plans to Prosper. What is going on, you guys? Welcome to Plans to Prosper. My name is Jordan Avery, and I have here with me my co-host, Taylor. What's up, you guys? (laughs) We're two best friends, and we're really passionate um, about God. We're passionate about being able to share our stories and a little bit about what that looks like, what role God plays in our lives. So we're super excited to be starting this podcast as a space to talk about faith, grace, and revival, to talk about um, just what it looks like to live out your life as a Christian, uh, the day-to-day life of it. Yeah, we're super excited about it. So we're going to go ahead and jump in a little bit, um, talking about who we are. Like I said, we're two best friends. Um, Taylor's my favorite person on this earth, not to, um, yeah, not not to steal her introduction, but Taylor, if I could just ask you to uh, introduce who you are, what's, what's up, what's up with you these days? All right. Um, Hmm. I am a senior in high school. I, well, I was. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Me and Jordan both went to Glenbrook South. Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go crazy. (laughs) Um, and we're both going to University of North Carolina at Wilmington in the fall and starting college. So that's crazy. Never thought that we would get to that point. Um, (laughs) yeah, we met in, well, we've known each other for a while, Mm -hmm. but we became best friends, I would say about a year ago. Um, we went to Ocean Isle Beach together, had a crazy week, um, and it kind of just bonded us forever. And, you know, the whole God thing that, you know, that'll bond people too. True. God has a way of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So like Taylor mentioned, um, my family goes up to a place called Ocean Isle Beach. It's in North Carolina, uh, if you've never heard of it. So one of the big catalysts for us actually choosing our college, um, it was between that and Clemson for us, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I would, There were some other schools in the mix, but I would say those were our big two. Oh, yeah. And what it really came down to, I think, for us was not only um, picking a college that would be academically challenging, that both had our majors and um, – had good classes and professors for those things. But for us, it really came down to community. And I think that what I've learned throughout this entire college application process is that if you start valuing community, if you start really going in expecting that your college experience will shape you, regardless of whether you think it's good or bad. Um, So my biggest advice to people who are going to be going through the search is when you go look at a college, don't just look at their academic buildings. Don't just look at their success stories really talk to the students, really do your research on what the school is and uh, see what the kind of community this fosters. Because I know that right off the bat, we're going to talk about the same kind of concept of community with church and what that really means. But I would really encourage you to uh, bring that concept into college as well. So yeah, without any more of my rambling, um, my name is Jordan. I'm also 18 years old. Uh, I guess we're about to graduate. We're kind of in a weird in-between yeah. point in yeah. life here. Well, we're not going back to school, but we haven't graduated yet. So somewhere in between a senior in high school and uh Yeah. College. If you're a senior, my heart goes out to you. I mean, this is this is terrible and we're gonna remember this for the rest of our lives. So yeah. I don't know. I just just trying to stay on the positive side, that's all. But it is hard. absolutely yeah, I know that we've been talking a lot about um in these past few weeks 
what it looks like to kind of mourn what was lost or like still kind of be dealing with that sense of what we've lost and trying to find new routines and at the same time trying to get a perspective on what it looks like to uh, stay positive in yeah. this time. And-, and finding closure is a huge, yeah. huge deal. Um, yeah. I'm still working on what that looks like, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say, especially for seniors and like, even you think about college seniors, just people who've, you know, you've spent so much time together and you expected it to end, but you kind of thought you knew how it was going to end. And then the yeah. story got flipped on us. That's so yeah. Ball. Uh, it really was a curveball. Yeah. I don't think anyone expected no. a global pandemic to end our senior year, but mm-hmm. here we are. <laughs> Thanks, China. Yeah, appreciate it. So we're going to go ahead and just kind of jump into our topics for today. We wanted to start off by talking a little bit about pop culture Christianity. I know that that can be a very confusing title, but basically we just want to talk about what is the role of Christianity in Hollywood, especially today. We're going to dive in, talk a little bit more about Justin Bieber and his journey to faith and what that looks like today. Jay um, Beams. <laughs> My bae. Love of my life. Um, Baby. Okay, I'll stop. Okay, Uh, yeah. And then we're going to go ahead and talk about New Age. If you've never heard about that, we're going to discuss exactly what that is and how Bethel music plays into that. So let's go ahead and jump right into pop culture revival, cultural Christianity. Taylor, what is your first experience with Justin Bieber? What is your first memory? Well, he is sexy (laughs) (laughs) you can't deny it Uh -uh. uh-uh um yeah I just remember no he was very into drugs drag racing not a very I don't know great guy Mm -hmm. I don't know that's I mean that's what hits home for me that's what I remember I actually have a very vivid um first memory so I was at Glenbrook South picking up I think Trey from basketball practice or something. And I was really young. Me and Griffin were both. We were in my mom's minivan. And I remember this song came on and she was like, oh, it's this new singer named Justin Bieber. And I'm like, okay. So I understand that Justin is the name of a boy. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the song and I'm like, mom, when does Justin start singing? Because his voice in Baby is so high. I thought he was a girl. Sounds like a girl. And it wasn't even me being like, oh, he sounds like a girl. Like, I genuinely <laughs> thought it was a girl singing. And I was like, mom, when does Justin Bieber start singing? She was like, oh, man, how do oh, I? sweetie. Yeah. Um, so that's my first experience with him. But I remember, like, initially reading tabloids and like things about his journey to faith and Christianity and just being really surprised like that seemed like it came out of the blue like kind of out of nowhere like for you is that how it came across or did you see that coming I mean honestly back then what were we nine or something I mean yeah something like that I was not very in tune with like Christianity and I had no like I just quite frankly didn't care like I'm sure I read something about him and religion but I clearly was not looking for it so right yeah that makes sense like with a lot of things if it's not something you're looking for it's really easy to go ahead and glaze over that skip over that when it comes uh, over your head yeah for sure so what I found really interesting um is kind of this whole concept of cultural Christianity I think that's what kind of catalyzed my 
interest into spreading what I call the real and true gospel, because as I've become a Christian, as I've gone deeper into the faith and started studying theology and eschatology, what's been really interesting to me is both the parallels between the Christianity discussed in the Bible, but also the really inherent, obvious, blaring, I would say, differences between what the Bible teaches and what Christianity is in the world today. So when I was thinking about this, immediately immediately what came to mind is kind of these celebrities' portrayal of Christianity and how they catalyze the image of what Christianity is today. Because I think, just like everything else, celebrities have always been the face of these major world things. If you think about it, we think about like government and pardoning criminals who have been arrested for nonviolent crimes. Regardless of the work of many accomplished lawyers, you might think of Kim Kardashian first. And that's just Mm -hmm. because this celebrity culture that we worship. I would call these people idols in today's society, which is something the Bible speaks heavily against. And yet it seems very, very ironic to me that celebrities are still the face of even Christianity. Like we think about Christianity and pop culture today, you hear about Kanye West. And just so many examples of this. So what I wanted to do real quickly is share the story about Justin Bieber and let's talk about what we think. Is it real? Is this good for him? Is it something that mm-hmm. he needs to go deeper with? So yeah. So what I found when I was researching is the story of Justin's uh, baptism. So if you are familiar with Hillsong Church, actually this morning, Hillsong commented on this TikTok of, that I made about Taylor coming to Christ. Uh-huh. So Hillsong Church, if you're watching this, uh, we love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love you. We would do anything. Please fly us out. Please. Um, Please, I just want to worship lead for you. That's all I want to do. Um, yeah, so he, if you have are familiar with Hillsong Church, you know who Carl Lentz is. He's the pastor of the New York City location. And as Justin began to start his journey to faith, one of the most influential people in his journey was his pastor, Carl Lentz. And Justin, like you had briefly said, Taylor, he was going through this really dark time in his life mm-hmm. where he was getting into drugs, alcohol. He was, he said he was sex addicted at one point. Um, and Whoa, I never yeah. heard of that. Yeah. And wow. he, he like had fallen, fallen into this really deep, uh, part of this, his life. He had, uh, 46.5 million records sold in the U S at this time. And he's worth an estimated $200 million. So it's not hard to see why this pressure, how this pressure had cracked him yeah. down. To same really hard same do that to you. Absolutely. So I don't think, first of all, I think we need to be careful not to be placing this blame on him because, of course, from a really young age, he was discovered off of YouTube. No kid genuinely puts videos on YouTube expecting to get discovered, maybe today, because he was kind of the catalyst for that. He founded that kind of discovery. But what I think was really cool about him is he had really hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And Carl Lentz was able to speak to him, to bring the gospel to him across in a way that was relatable, that made sense to him, because I'm sure he'd heard this all before. I mean, you don't go through the deepest, the darkest part of your life without hearing the gospel handed to you in one sense or another. Um, But somehow Carl was able to make it relatable enough to him. And uh, he looked at, Justin looked at Carl one day and he said, I want to get baptized. And Carl was like, all right, man, well, next time Hillsong's having church, like, let's go get baptized. And they have a big pool they do baptisms. And he's like, no, I want to get baptized now. So Carl's like, all right, man. So he takes him over to the church. And there's like hundreds of paparazzi and fans waiting there. Like somehow this had gotten out. Mm -hmm. And so Justin's like, absolutely not. So Carl Lentz is like, 
All right, well, I'm friends with this NBA player named Tyson Chandler. Let's go over to his oh. apartment building. We'll go to his pool. Like, I know there's a pool there. You can get baptized there. <laughs> they go over there, and they don't have any pool access. They can't get in. And Justin's like, bro, I just want to get baptized. I don't care where it is. I just want to get baptized. So Carl calls Carl calls up Tyson. He's like, yo, is there any way I can baptize Justin in your bathtub? <laughs> So Carl and Justin go up to Tyson Chandler, an NBA player's bathtub, and that is where Justin is baptized. Um, yeah, so I think that's a really interesting story. So I wanted to hear kind of your thoughts about that. Any thoughts you have on Christianity, what it looks like? Uh, you have experience with baptism, kind of what that looked like for you, the feelings that led up to that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I mean, the parallels between, like, Justin, like, obviously – it doesn't matter where he got baptized. It's just, it's all about faith and how Mm -hmm. you're feeling in that moment. And like, God doesn't care. Like you could get baptized anywhere. I mean, yeah. But, um, I was baptized at a huge church in front of, or not a huge church, but in front of a decent amount of people. I'd say like, what, how, like three, there's a few thousand of, a few thousand. Oh yeah, because you got that main sanctuary, but you also have the atrium. You also have online. It's a oh pretty big God. church. I would say that you got baptized at a mega church. Okay, and for those of you that don't know me, I have the worst anxiety. Like mm-hmm. for me to do that, it took so much out of me. I mean, Jordan was next to me right before I did it, and I was like. Jordan, like, I don't think I can go up there. Like, this is, this is, like, I was freaking out, like, Mm -hmm. big time. Um, And all I have to say is, like, once I, I was the last person to go because, you know, I'm pretty special. And uh, Jordan got the lead, what, is she a lead pastor? Yeah, she's our the lead pastor in our church. Uh, yeah, and she does not normally baptize people, but because her and Jordan are so close, Jordan uh, asked her to baptize me, and she was all for it. So she just got right out of her uh, leading clothes. Her preaching clothes. <laughs> in the pool and was like, all right. And uh, once I got in that water, it was it – was, pretty life-changing like I just remember a very just sense of change and acceptance like greater than I've ever felt and once I got dunked in that water and came up like I just I just was sobbing like I was I was crying pretty hard and uh Jordan and her family because I'm really close with her family and my family my parents my brother they were all up on stage uh celebrating with me and I got out of the water and just immediately hugged Jordan and everyone else and it was it was a moment that I will never ever forget um yeah ever since then like I'd say I didn't I never realized what like how big of a deal it was like Jordan kind of suggested it you know not pushing it on me or anything and I was like okay, like I, I had already been baptized. I was raised in, in I'd say Irish Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I had gone to a yeah. private Catholic school in Chicago and then moved to Glenview shortly after in like sixth grade. And um, I just never, I don't know, I guess I was kind of scared to be baptized again because I thought that 
people would think that it was stupid. Like, who cares? You've already been baptized. Like, doesn't change anything. And uh, surprisingly, everyone, everyone was so proud of me. Like, it was, it was crazy. And not that I needed their approval, but it was really, it was really nice to have. And my parents are not huge, like hugely into religion. Like, my mom's very spiritual. My dad, um, he's not really into anything. But to see him, like there and show up for me and I my dad told me like they they weren't gonna go on stage with for me like they just were like I don't know they didn't want to go up there like that's nerve-wracking and my dad told me that my brother had had told him like I'm gonna go up there even if you don't you know and I mean my brother's just I love my brother he's He's a he's a freshman, so he's a couple years younger than me. And just to mm-hmm. see, you know, his faith evolve too. And I just I just always hope that I could inspire him in that moment. And I don't know, just show him how how life changing God and believing in God is. So yeah, sorry, that Absolutely. was a really long ramble. No, no, no. I appreciate that. That's such a <laughs> really good recap of what your story looked like. I remember that was such a memorable and like emotional experience we were both like sobbing like literally yeah. losing our minds um so I we're just blow drying my hair like, after <laughs> going to the church bathroom with a blow dryer just like no we went we went up onto the we were not in the bathroom do you remember that where did we blow dry we our went hair up into oh my gosh like, we went into this <laughs> random like loft yeah. and like yeah i mean just church kid things like it's fine yeah um so i know we have some more topics to cover but i kind of you touched a little bit on um your brother logan uh so i actually also do have a brother you don't know this about me and he's also a freshman Griffin. Griffin. so griffin and logan are actually they're friends um so we it's kind of a really cool dynamic that we get to hang out and like we get to hang out sometimes with our brothers mm-hmm. which is very fun and fresh and unique yeah. <laughs> um but um I think one of the biggest ways that we've seen God show up in our lives like I don't want to just call out Logan this whole podcast but I think we've seen it so much not only in Logan but in Griffin mm-hmm. and if you knew our brothers if you knew kind of who they were um you just understand that that's just really surprising yeah, you so, wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you wouldn't. You would not believe it. Yeah. So, kind of speak on that a little bit. Like, what has it looked like? Do you think your faith has impacted Logan? Do you think hearing about it has impacted him? And in what ways do you think that you know, kind of being in a sister brother relationship, or one of you has is more um, open and involved in the faith than the other? Like, what does that kind of dynamic look like, and yeah. how does that affect him? Um, my brother has always been very, I would say just very spiritually in tuned. Um, he, not to call him out, but he, um, when he was younger and still sometimes today, like he, I feel like he is very good at feeling energy and, um, he gets really scared at night sometimes because, and this is, this is so stupid, but like, he just like he'll get scared and come to my room and me and him will just I don't know I never really got it like I never really understood like why are you sleeping on the floor of my parents room like what are you doing but he 
I don't know, not to bring up evil, but right. Evil so, but it's an important topic. Yeah, I mean, evil so prevalent in our world today, and I mean, always, always is like. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God, I'm not meaning to touch on evil. This is such a no. Go for it. Go for um, it. But I don't know. I've always felt like he was so in tune with that and um, feeling spiritual energy, which is crazy. So if anything, like. I feel like I have inspired him, but he's also inspired me too. Like he Mm -hmm. is always asking me questions and just very curious about religion and God. And uh, when you can speak to this too, you came over and we were just chilling in my room and he came in and you were on the phone and he, you you were talking to someone about your job that you had. Yeah. I was on a meeting. I was on a performance. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he, he just kind of sat there, like, waiting. Like, I don't know. And after he hung up the phone, he proceeded to ask – do you remember what he was asking us about? So I remember I was on the phone, like, in a meeting, and I'm, like, saying what I'm saying, whatever, and I'm looking at both of you. You guys are just, like, listening to what I'm saying yeah. in this meeting, and I'm like, all right, well, thanks for the hype. You guys are my hype people. Well, you were using pretty big words. I, like, literally did not understand <laughs> what you were saying. I was like, oh. Okay, go off. So I finished this call. I put down my phone and Logan looks at me and he goes, can you tell me about God? Or like just something like that and that I was like, preface this. You right, and right. Me, you and me had been praying for uh, yeah. for him to Absolutely. come to God. And uh, because no, I think literally the night had before. been like spiritually in tune, but he'd never really, I wanted him to come to church with me. I wanted him to kind of get involved in that community. And uh so this was a huge deal to me. Right. Yeah. I remember, I think it was literally the night before yeah. we kind of were like, where two or more are gathered, we know that those prayers are really powerful. Right. So I think we should be praying for Logan. We should be praying for both of our brothers. And I remember we prayed for our brothers. The next day, Logan comes into our room. He says this. Um, I think I'd already decided to start a Bible study at this point. Mm -hmm. And probably the next week when we had this first Bible study, we had a couple of friends our age, um, but not only did they agree to come, but Mm -hmm. Logan came as well as my brother sat in the basement in this Bible study as well, voluntarily. Like, yes, we asked them to come, but they decided to, which was insane because I'll tell you that our family dynamic, trying to get everyone to church every week was quite, um, a chore and by everyone I mean my brother because mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd wake up and he'd be like I don't want to go I don't want to go like I'm tired I have basketball I'm tired I don't want to go and I don't think it's because he's rejecting Christianity or he's rejecting this community right I think just to him it's never made accessible I think one of the biggest problems with the gospel is that it's not taught to people in the ways that it should be. It's mm-hmm. not shown as this like story of grace and like mercy and like rescue. Yeah. And instead it's kind of like condemnation. And of course we still do need to be careful that we're talking about sin, that we're talking about the price that was paid. But um, I don't think anyone has ever, ever been converted, not to talk simply about conversion, but I don't think anyone's ever come to know God by another Christian, like being like, you're gonna go to hell if you don't believe it. Oh no! I think it always comes out of a place of love. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think people even come to God in church. I think conversation, like you, if I had never met you, I never 
I I mean, you know, I used to like go around proudly proclaiming that I was an atheist and all yes. be. like yes, I do remember crazy. And um, as soon as I met you and you told me your story, like I just felt such a calling to God, but also you and our friendship, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I think it's really important that we share our stories. Like if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, like obviously it's really important to hand out gospel tracts if that's your way of doing that. It's really important to invite people to church. But what I would say is more important is sharing your story. Yeah. I believe that your testimony is so, so important because we talk about the storms that we go through in our life. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to proclaim and say that, Jesus isn't making me walk through these. He's allowing me to walk through them and he's walking through them with me so that I learn things, Mm -hmm. so that I take things from these seasons so that I can relate to people better. And it's really easy to say that, but when we look at it as a whole, what it's really affecting is our testimony. Because when we have these stories of things that we've been through, that we've walked through, that few others have, when we meet other people who are struggling, who are in these same same places, and when we can reach out to them, we can say, hey, I've been there too. Mm -hmm. And here's what I learned from this season. There's nothing more transformative. There's nothing more impactful than being able to share a word like that. Yeah, nothing more powerful than that. Yeah, definitely. So just before we get completely sidetracked and um, going (laughs) off. We were talking about something, weren't we? We, yeah, I mean, we were talking about Justin Bieber and, and we got here. Right. Um, so okay. it's a vibe, but we're going to go ahead and segue into New Age. So this is something that we kind of started talking about before we even decided to put on the podcast is kind of this idea of like meta spiritual, like awakenings. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, if you've never like heard of me before, like met me before, I started talking about Jesus on TikTok, and that's kind of where um, I started being able to share the gospel. Yeah, thirty k followers. Oh my goodness! Stop. Uh, Jesus can use any amount of followers to make his word known. Just gonna throw that out there. But <laughs> what I see on TikTok, time and time again, is these really weird theologies that aren't quite Christian. They're not just quite spiritual, the universe, mother nature type things. But there's this really weird in between where they have this kind of theology that sounds almost Christian. They believe in the spirit of the universe, the spirit Mm -hmm. of creation. And then it's also somewhere between like mother nature. I don't know. It just feels a little off about it. Just a little sketchy. Absolutely. It's like, if you can't like Are you making your own, like, what do you believe? And what's really difficult for me is even if you go look into new age practice and this kind of meta spiritual theology, there's not a lot of hierarchy or structure or actual theology backing it. No, it's kind of this idea. I think that we need to be careful as Christians that we're not falling into this because it really is this idea of simply walking in the spirit. And when I say that, we're not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's more about this idea of the conscience that is within you, that you are walking Mm -hmm. in accordance to um, whatever feels good to you. Whatever feels good to you. Feel-goodism or something. Feel-goodism. Exactly. That's exactly what I was looking back at. One of the biggest theologies that they talk about is feel-goodism, which is the idea of doing whatever feels good as long as you're not hurting someone else 
I think what I was kind of talking about is this idea of moral relativism, which is situational mm-hmm. ethics. So what is good and what is bad, what is appropriate and what is not kind of changes depending on what situation you're in, what yeah, so that's really interesting to me. So do you have any experiences with New Ageism or any kind of um, idea of what this kind of spirituality, how it manifests itself, maybe how it began and what it looks like for the future? Well, so I was researching for this podcast specifically, and um, one of the things I came across about New Ageism is relative truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the idea that there is no such thing as absolute truth, that it just depends on that's kind of goes off what you were saying, like it just depends on you and the situation and everything is different for everyone, which kind of goes against the Bible. I mean, not kind right. of like goes against it. The Bible. Does. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. New age, new ageism. It kind of just it blows my mind to be mm-hmm. quite frank. But yeah, what is your, you're way more versed in the Bible than me. So what is your take on New Ageism and how it kind of goes against the Bible? Yeah, so like I said, like you probably don't know me, you probably don't know anything about me, but I'll share a little bit is that I am like a Bible nerd. (laughs) Like I love like walking in the spirit. I love being in relationship with the creator, but even more, I would say then that it's really, really important to me that especially as someone young who likes to talk about the gospel, who likes to have opinions, I think it's really important for me to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And for me, that means studying theology, studying eschatology, really going through and trying to understand um, more about the character, more about the nature of God and what that looks like. And because of that, I'm not always looking intently at the theology or the hierarchies of what Christianity really is, but Mm-hmm. What you do begin to learn and have is a spirit of discernment about what it's not. And that's kind of been something that has been a secondary like trait of what I've learned, but it's really begin begun to be come ingrained in me and in that I will read about other theologies, I'll read about other practices and be able to be like, that's not of God. Right. And here's why. And you can kind of quote scriptures back at it, but this is something that's really interesting to me because I think that we are living more and more in a generation that is focused on where do I fit into the story? I think if you were to take a hundred years ago and you would look at someone reading the Bible, their understanding would be more about the communal aspect of the Bible, what the theology of the gospel means for the greater mankind. But now I think we are in this world that if you think about it, it's all about us. It's about you. It's about you really have no one but yourself. You need to love yourself. You need to constantly be engaging in self-care. And it's okay if the world, if there are boundaries to self-care, but in our understanding of it, there's not. Because I see, like, even just from a very, like, literal standpoint, like, teenagers think that drugs are Mm self-care. When did we make that like realization when do we come to that conclusion yeah. but that's a whole another tangent I sorry for I mean, the answer is people are looking for a quick fix and uh, they turn to whatever they turn to if that includes drugs or like turning to religion even mm-hmm. they're looking for a quick fix and that's not the mindset you can't just I don't know go off on your own and like it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way. Like it's a very Absolutely. much a communal aspect. Like, mm-hmm. 
and it's it's hard to go and turn and get involved in like your church and meet new people and it's really hard to put yourself out there but it's important yeah and kind of exactly what you're saying is like the quick fix like the entire theology of our generation, it's not Christianity. It is feel-goodism. So when they reference that in terms of new age, what I think is interesting is we're going we're gonna to subscribe. We're going to believe anything that fits our own morals, that fits our own ethics, what we believe right. is good, what we believe is true. And I think that this is a really, really big example of what kind of evil has manifested itself in the world today. And I'm not saying that self-care is evil. I'm not saying that loving yourself is evil. No. What I'm saying is, is this fascination of where do I fit in, in the story? Because we can't even read the Bible and expect to always find ourselves within the pages. Mm-hmm. We should be reading it, trying to under- better understand the character and the nature of God and to allow, to surrender to him, to allow him to shape our heart. Because... Right we can't do it on our own. That's the entire story of the gospel is that I'm not enough. I'm not enough unless he comes, unless he, because he took my place, I'm seen as worthy. I'm seen as whole, but I'm actually not worthy. I'm not whole. I'm not sinless without him. Mm -hmm. And that's the entire resting truth of the gospel. So I think that new age makes sense. And I'm not saying that it makes sense in a sense that I believe it, or I'm going to become a new ageist, but I'm saying it makes sense for what this world has come to. Right. And I think that they're also stressing the idea that humans are creatures made by God and that we're, they're stressing some sort of equalness to us and God, which is completely false. Like, right. Right. And they stress like the relationship with God between him and I, which mm-hmm. is very like referring to him as him is even very just yeah. They take away from the like godness of God. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if I'm explaining that right. But yeah. Yeah, they can characterize him completely differently. I was looking on the actual website, and this was the most concerning phrase sentence to me. It says, although New Age is generally tolerant of almost any world religion or philosophy, it is opposed to the narrow-mindedness of Christianity that teaches Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal salvation. How concerning is that? <laughs> that like, is, Wow. If you are willing to be tolerant to any other world religion except Christianity, there's clearly some sort of longing inside of each of their hearts, I believe inside of each human heart, that is somewhat threatened by the presence, the idea, the existence of Christianity, because there's some part of us that knows it's true. Mm-hmm. I think that we are all more threatened. You look on TikTok, you look on any social media platform, there's so much hate and intolerance against Christians more than any other religion, regardless of whether you want to agree with me or not. I think we all know that that is just true. Yeah. It's because we know. we. One author said it like this. We have a God-shaped hole in our heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so true in the New Age. Their intolerance to Christianity, their idea that you are God, that you should worship yourself, it makes sense. It just fits in with our generation and what we've come to. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy it's really what we've come to. Oh. Absolutely. And like you're kind of touching on the idea of evil earlier. Oh, right. And even demons believe in Jesus Christ. Ain't that the truth? They believe, but they're not going to worship him. They're not going to accept him as their Lord and Savior. And I think that 
what I like to say is, as surely as there's a God in this world, there's an enemy. And we know that the enemy is Satan, that he is the father of all lies. And it's so clear to see how ingrained he is in this theology that, of mm-hmm. course, he's, he's going to allow them. He's going to fuel them to deny Jesus Christ, the existence of him, the importance of him. In oh, any something theology. that I didn't know that you kind of enlightened me on is Satan rules our world. Yeah. Which is, I think, something that most people don't know or maybe but yeah so yeah it's not god allow i mean yes god god has won but it's not specifically god allowing for bad things to happen or for just faith that is not true to be worshipped it's satan and that's his creation right right and it's this whole idea of presence we let him in we chose that evil and like a lot of people want to say well that was adam and eve But do you not choose evil every single day? Do you not choose to approach things in your own strength to say, no, I can do this. No, I can do this. No, I just want this quick fix. I love God more than anything else. He can have my long-term goals. He can have my future spouse, my future partner. But for this, I've got it. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think what's so interesting to me, you brought up the idea that a lot of people don't know that Satan is the ruler of this world. Mm -hmm. And I think his title as the father of lies is so interesting as a parallel because he doesn't want people to know that there's nothing more that Satan wants than for people to walk through this world and say, God makes all these things bad happen. When he says, where's your God now? Where's your God now? When Jesus was on the cross surrounded by two other sinners who were on crosses on either side of them, one of those people turned to him and they said, if your God is real, why can't he save you? Where's your God now? And I think that that question has been asked over and over and over. We see suffering in this world and we, immediately say, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. God, where are you? But we see in the Bible time and time again, it says, where can I go from your presence, God? Where can I go that your presence would not be? I think the very honest and simple truth is that God is here, but we choose every single day to allow the father of lies, the king of all evil to be the ruler of this world. We choose that. And because we have free will, it makes sense that we are allowed to, that we do choose those things. We welcome them into our lives. So like you were saying, I think that's really interesting that people don't know that. Um, I think once we do know that, we have to be careful not to have this helplessness complex or to always be like, oh, it's just the enemy. <laughs> because I think right. that if we ask God for assistance, um, if we um, put on the armor of God, we can protect against fiery darts of the enemy. That is what the scriptures say. And sin is something that is present, but that we are called to resist the temptation of the enemy when it comes to sin. When we know and are able to recognize sin in our life and we continue to go back to those patterns, we call that willful sin. And that is more, um, that holds more weight than um, someone who does not, is not held to the same accountability that us Christians are. As believers, we're held to a higher level of accountability. So we just need to be careful that we are bringing these things before God. We're saying, hey, I want to be able to put on the full armor of God. I'm going to the scriptures. I'm coming to you in prayer. Um, I want to be protected against the enemy. Right. And this is in no way like attacking anyone that does these things because me and Jordan, like, of do, course, do this. All oh, my goodness. You know? And you just- I am such a sinner. Hello? <laughs> We are the biggest sinners. Oh my god. But, <laughs> Let's just put that out there. We're yeah, starting a Christian yeah. podcast. So But yeah, not even to be like, there's so much sin in my life, but there's so much sin in each and every one of our lives. If you are willing to sit here and look at these preachers and say, I wish I was them. Gosh, I wish I could live as sin-free as 
well as they do, but that's just not the case for we are all sinners for we have all fallen short of the glory of God. While I know that because I've accepted Jesus and I've given him some of the sin in my life, I've given him some of the problems I'm still working every, every, every single day to surrender more to the plans that he has for me to really tune in, to listen more about what he has for me, but it's hard and it's a journey. And that's the real and honest truth is that our God is patient, that he's waiting for you to come to him and that he's willing to share his plans for you in due time. If you trust him with every step of your faith, not just the long-term goals. I'm not just talking about 20 years down the road. I'm talking about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He says, do not worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, who will clothe you for, are you not worth more than the birds of the air? And I think that that's a really important distinction to remember. Right. So as we're going ahead and wrapping up, um, yeah, me and Taylor are very excited about the future of this podcast. Um, there's so many things that we could talk about. Um, Christianity is a broad spectrum as well as just very other broad. things within the non-secular world, as I would say. But yeah, if you have any suggestions on what you'd like us to discuss next, you can go ahead and hop into our DMs. You can leave a comment if that's a thing. I don't know. I don't listen we, to podcasts. We say our... Uh... Instagram. Oh yeah. What, what's your Instagram, baby? Uh Taylor.odo. Nice. Bye, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Jordan A Avery. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-A Avery. And you can also go ahead and send me a email. You can send me a text. You can find those in my Instagram. So thank you guys so much for sitting here with us, for letting us uh discuss these topics with you. Um if you've made it this far. I love you. Yeah. You're an icon. Yeah. Well, this is Jordan and Taylor, and we are signing off. Heck yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Adios.